the Patriot Nation, new members and returning members. Today we are bringing you another very, very special show with a very, very special person, which I consider as a legend that has been giving us disclosure and truth for a very long time. And I just thank God that he's allowed me to discover Carrie Cassidy and the information that she provides. Uh, before we get to the show, I would like to pronounce a couple of our sponsors. Dr. Zelenko, that's Dr. Zelenko, and you can go to his site, zstack.com, and use promo code CPN and get 5% off your purchase. And that's Zstack, which is an awesome immune booster. And he also has detox for those that are awakening to the jab. I don't want to give it any energy. And then we also are sponsored by MyPillow.com. That's MyPillow.com. Mike Lindell, a patriot that is fighting for the freedoms of this country. And if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code CPNN, you can get up to 66% off your purchase. And last but not least, Dr. Stella. DrStellaMD.com. And you can use promo code CPN and get 5% off your purchase. And she has come up with some great things to get us through these bioweapon attacks as well. And now I'd like to present to you Dr. Carrie Cassidy. Tonight's, Tonight's title, title is War of Worlds. And Carrie, the floor is yours. Thank you for joining us. Hi, uh, nice to be here. Uh, sorry, I'm in a little bit of disarray. So this is kind of a weird computer thing, and I don't even know how I'm framed or anything, but I hope this works. Uh, so what do I say? Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm happy to talk about a lot of things. I, I don't know which direction you guys want to go in. Uh, obviously, we're having a war over planet Earth, and it's very important to realize who the players are, who the, you know, the good side, who's the bad side, who's, you know, who's being used by both sides uh, and, and playing games and so on and so forth. So I can go down that road with you a bit. Uh, you know, there's also the alien side of everything, and that's kind of a, a whole nother pan of worms, if you will. Uh, so I guess to begin with, I'll just start, and maybe you could ask me the questions you want, like, to steer me if I'm not going the direction you guys want to know. It might be easier to do it that way. But uh, at any rate, what we've got is uh, – a, a world in which everything you know is wrong and everything you have heard, you're, you're, you're hearing nothing but lies. But at the same time now, we've got this whole truther movement. And uh, I guess I was one of the early beginners of that. Although, you know, it had been going on even in the 50s and 60s and, you know, 70s and 80s and 90s. But the, until the Internet really became a force, which is in, you know, from, I guess, 2000 on, give or take. And Camelot came along in 2000, actually five. So uh, so I've been doing it for 17 years and I'm an investigative journalist for those that don't know who I am. And I've got thousands of video interviews and a lot of radio shows as well that I did for a number of years, although those are not as easy to find. Some people have copies. Um, some were disappeared from our server several years ago. Um, 
you know, we have been through the trenches. We've been, you know, uh, messed with over and over again. Just a couple of weeks ago, they took down everything. Uh, actually had gone as high as what you call ICANN to change the codes on 18 of my domains, which I have what you call protective domains, domains we never use, but we just use to protect the name, like my name, Carrie Cassidy and that kind of thing. So, uh, but our main website all went, everything went down for like something like six days because I did an interview with Richard Allen Miller, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, a physicist who was talking about an exact date for uh, basically what he's calling a Carrington event. Now, we had heard about such a thing in all these years of Camelot uh, going back really to the beginning. We had whistleblowers talking about something like that. But every year would go by and nothing would happen. So you can imagine 17 years ago hearing this. And we had some of our witnesses, the people that follow us from back then might know, like George Green. Um, some people might remember the name Jake Simpson. Uh, but there were a whole lot of other witnesses also talking. Um, Henry Deacon was one of the primary ones, and he came out under his own name. We called him Henry Deacon, but his real name is um, Arthur Neumann. And uh, and he also came, went on stage finally uh, with me uh, at my Awaken Aware, uh, let's see, Time Travel and Other Worlds conference that I held in Burbank, California. And that was, you know, several years in. So I don't know, around 2013, I think that that conference happened. And you can still watch the footage. As a matter of fact, it's available on our website. I believe that is a free conference now. You know, we used to uh, sell that for very cheap, uh, $3 or whatever it was. But um, each, you know, speaker. But now it, I think it's it's all free. So if you don't know about that conference, it, you know, incredible information, wonderful speakers. And I did like, uh, I think three or four, maybe more um, LA conferences, like in the general LA area. And that, then what happened, I was constantly being attacked during when I tried to organize. Um, I had the last one I worked on, I think it was the 2013 and my uh, partner disappeared. The guy that was going in, going in half with me um, and helping to raise the money and, and tie down the venue and so on. So, so when that happened, I just said, you know, that's it. And then we had all kinds of craziness around the filming. They would film it, then they would not, you know, they'd botch it up and all this stuff. So too much craziness. And I would put it on my credit cards and be in debt for like $60,000 and not know if I was going to break even and all this kind of thing. So I couldn't handle that pressure. So I started to do us very small conferences in England because I connected with a woman there that has a, a small venue and it's called high Elms. And so, uh, just saying that, you know, I do, I'm going to do another one this year. Although every year since COVID, it's been very dicey. I, I did one last year against all odds. I actually, you know, flew over there. But every moment that was, we didn't even know if that was going to happen. So a lot of my speakers are, are excellent. They're fabulous. And it's like a garden party. It's a small, 100, I think the maximum is 125 people. 
And that's why they leave us alone because they consider that it's so small, you know, it doesn't matter. But what happens is we do film it and we eventually will make it available as a video, you know, on demand type of thing where you, you know, rent each speaker uh, video. So just to, if you don't know, I do that. I, I've been doing this now for many, many years. So we have many uh, wonderful conference footages of people speaking. And I also speak at every conference. So it's good that way. And last year I did a <laughs> a really intense uh, presentation about the whole, you know, COVID plot and, and all of that. So, um, and it happens in July, normally July every summer. So we're coming up on the next one uh, and it's going to be July. I just booked it um, 16th and 17th. And uh, again, it's at this place called in Watford, England called High Elms Manor. And it's a beautiful manor house. It's quite old. Um, so they say it might be haunted as well. Uh, but we, you know, we go and have a wonderful networking event on top of the fact that we are doing all day long having speakers. So it's, it's quite fun. Um, so enough about that. So, okay. So I don't even know where to start. It's just such a big story, but lately, if you are curious, what I'm really concentrating on lately is uh, the aspect having to do with AI, uh, the nanographene oxide, because AI links up with nano. And basically the nano is the building blocks that they've been shooting into you. And we proved this actually. And so did others like Dr. Carrie Madej and, and Dr. Robert Young and various other scientists out there who have demonstrated what is in the vax. And one of the main ingredients uh, along with the spike proteins that it generates is the uh, nanographene oxide. And so it's considered the, I guess the strongest material known to man at the present time. And so what, what it does is it gets into your bloodstream. Uh, they shoot it into you with the vax. And then they also, um, it's also been in our chemtrails and our food and water for the last 10 years. But until they started actually, you know, shooting it up uh, directly into your bloodstream, it didn't have the impact that it has now. So in the past, we would wash it out of our systems more or less. I'm sure we were building up, uh, you know, becoming more and more sort of susceptible. So they were softening the ground, if you will, for this final kind of coup de gras. And this bioweapon, this nanographene oxide bioweapon, is uh, designed by the uh, ETs. It is not uh, designed by, just by scientists. The patents, of course, are in, you know, here on the, in, in the world. David, Dr. David Martin has covered that extensively. How many patents, even going back as far as 1999. So this has been a very long-term plan. The reason I was up on it so early on, which I was like from the get-go, is number one, because I have a very special couple of witnesses. Uh, one is, a, you know, Dr. David Adair. And he, I've done several interviews with him. He built his own robot and he's also been consulted by the government. He's also himself, uh, many years ago, he was brought into Area 51 and activated a ship that uh, for some reason he has the right um, 
frequency for him to communicate with that particular ship and that group of aliens that built the ship. And the, it's interesting. He talks about how he's never really lost touch with that. Uh, so he kind of was a renegade and went against the government, didn't uh, really want to do go along with their program, but he did work for them for many years, and he is a rocket scientist on top of it. So um, that's one witness. So he, he has actually talked about this package, this delivery of this nanographene oxide spike proteins. They attach to each other, and they jump, and they jump across space and possibly even time. Uh, and a NASA scientist from a black project contributed that piece of information. David Adair verified it. Uh, and, and Captain Mark Richards is another witness that I have that gave me a heads up on AI and nano and the direction we were going and basically said, that's more, um, you know, above top secret than most things out there. So um, I have a lot of knowledge in that area. I asked a lot of questions way back when, so that when this thing kind of hit and I found out the way it was put together, um, and I do want to credit Cyrus Parsa, who also came forward around February, I think I became, or maybe actually he was out there, but I didn't become aware of him until February, March or April of 2020. And I interviewed him several times. Um, some of those interviews are considered very contentious. And sometimes that happens with some of my witnesses because I'm trying to get information. And if I notice they're holding back information, they don't want to share. I kind of feel like I work for the people. So you could even think of me as, <laughs> I don't know, a prosecutor of the Illuminati, you know, in uh, on a world stage where I ask the hard questions and I expect uh, if, if somebody wants to come on my show, wants to talk about this stuff that, you know, they, they actually come forward with the goods. So I, when I find that there's um, obfuscation or there's too much mind control going on, people repeat themselves. They don't really want to share. They want to say vague general statements. Then I will start to get into it with them. Some of my viewers uh, hate my guts because of that. <laughs> Um, other people get it. They understand my style. They appreciate it. They appreciate that I get the best information as a result of my style. Um, and I did learn that uh, for, for what it's worth. I worked in Hollywood for 20 years and I also studied acting and directing. And so it was my directing training that actually got me into this kind of mode. It's also known as for those that have a you know theater background, uh, the Sanford Meisner technique meaning you act with the truth and you, you only deal with truth. So that influenced me early on when I was quite young. I studied in Carnegie Hall, behind Carnegie Hall, uh, with a private teacher in very uh, illustrious teacher. And um, his name was Robert X. Modica, for those that are interested. And I guess, you know, and I wanted to make films. I wanted to direct films. That's really why I worked in Hollywood but I reached a, a glass ceiling at a certain point. So then I started to, um, and then we also had some writer's strikes and various things. And eventually um, Hollywood kind of uh, went on strike or whatever it did. And I moved on to high tech where I was producing 
websites and, and putting together groups of designers and engineers. And then I ended up at JPL, Jet Propulsion Lab. And uh, I also went to Anderson Executive School of Management and decided to kind of get more of a business background to my artistic side. And uh, and so I did that. And then I in film school, I, you know, I shot a feature, a small um, independent film and had a lot of strange things happening with that. But uh, see, I know I'm kind of going off the track here. So coming back to the situation, uh, I do ask the hard questions. And so I have an unbelievable number of interviews at this point. <laughs> and for the last, I think you might say, um, I guess it's the last, I don't know, four years I've been doing uh, video blogs where I just turn on the camera and start talking. And I also am interviewed a lot lately. Uh, I, you know, you can see my interviews with uh, by Nina Rodriguez. We have a great time. Uh, and I think those are quite entertaining. Um, other people have interviewed me over the time. So you can also search on my website just to find all the interviews I've done. Because what I do is connect the dots. And I've also written a book. It's called Rebel Gene um, and the Future of Humanity. And it's um, gotten very well you know, uh, received out there. And um, what can I say? I uh, I specialize in above top secret. That's from the very beginning of Camelot. That's what we sought to do. And that's what we did back in the days when being a whistleblower is something no one even knew what that was. <laughs> we used to, now, to explain the term. <laughs> now, for some of the, the, the listeners um, that are probably on here not familiar of you, could you go into some of the whistleblowers that you have interviewed? Um, one of them that I really love, especially the, I watched some conferences that you made in the nineties and uh, Bob Dean. Um, oh my God, that man had so much knowledge and he talked about so much. Um, could you give the audience a, a pretty clear picture? Because I think we're moving into an awakening of the extraterrestrial side of things. And I think that's one of the most important disclosures that humanity needs. Sure. And uh, I think, you know, in many ways, that's considered to be the last card that the Illuminati have to to draw on to, I guess, get people to uh, under their control for the new world order. And it is true that they are working with alien races. And so Bob Dean is, is one of a, a long list, but he's, you know, very high level. Um, he was part of what you call the old boys network. He worked at shape headquarters back um, many years ago in, during the war. Um, and he was based in, I think, Paris and his commanding officer one day saw that he was just sitting around, you know, he was like his assistant. I, I don't know what you call him at that time. He became a command sergeant major eventually, but I think this was in his younger years and he he actually kind of threw a book, this large book on the desk and just said, here, I'll give you something to do. Read this. And it was the uh, it was called the assessment. And it was generated, I think, in part in Europe. So it was talking about 
the number of UFO flyovers that they had talked about the various alien races they were aware of and so on and so forth. So he, his whole paradigm changed at that point. And eventually he was on the circuit for many years before I ever, you know, before we even got on the circuit, you know, we were um, another wave, like now there's another wave, right? So we were, like I said, around 2005 was the beginning. And I just picked up a consumer grade camcorder and started filming. And then eventually I met up with Bill Ryan and we created together Project Camelot. Uh, but Bill Ryan was one of my, the people I interviewed because <laughs> he was representing the Serpo.org project. So anyway, back to Bob Dean. Bob Dean, uh, you know, he says I made him a rock star. Um, he became like a stellar witness because he's a very charming man and he also comes up with the goods. So he had, you know, huge amount of, of knowledge. I have to say that he didn't let a lot of people know some of his deeper information because he was always protecting his, um, his wife and his family. Um, I think that his daughter committed suicide. That's probably an Illuminati hit that happened to him. What they do is they always, they pay you back. So if you are part of their network and you go against them, eventually they will pay you back. And um, they're very vindictive. They hold a grudge, as you can appreciate Satanists. <laughs> um, and so, you know, he was, uh, what do I say? He, he, no, he, he knew a lot about it, what you want to say, the bodies, where the bodies are buried, this and that. Uh, so my interviews are actually epic with him. And we had a wonderful rapport. Some people, you know, a sergeant, um, sergeant major, uh, you know, they're very uh, sort of in your face, aggressive kind of guys. Anyway, I think that job. So he could appreciate my style. I mean, I actually, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny because I used to get like semi-threatening letters from military men who were dedicated to him, to Bob. And uh, because they thought I was, you know, um, disrespecting him, but they don't understand that Bob loved me and he considered me like a daughter um, so I had a very good, you know, amazing relationship with him that I always treasured. Um, he did die a few years ago. His wife is Marsha Schaefer. We also interviewed her and she's a wonderful contactee, actually. Um, and she consults her, her job eventually that she created. She wrote a couple books and she eventually became an executive uh, consultant. So she kind of behind the scenes consults with uh, top executives in, you know, Fortune 500 companies and whatever um, to who are having these kinds of experiences, who are dealing with ETs in their own life and struggling to put those worlds together. Uh, so that's kind of from the more positive side. Um, so that's, um, you know, Henry Deacon, I, I just want to say, is one of our top witnesses of all time. Uh, so is Captain Richard Allen Miller. Uh, I mean, uh, Cap Captain Richard. <laughs> um, also, um, Richard Allen Miller, Dr. Richard Allen Miller, and also Captain Richards. So too many name names of Richard. But anyway, uh, yeah. So, I mean, there's I have zillions of really 
great interviews and every single one of them is absolutely as important now as it was then because we have not moved on. I mean, sadly, uh, hardly at all. And, you know, the consciousness out there is very uh, split, very limited. Um, And even, you know, what's happening right now, because there's a real concentration, at least in the United States, between the MAGA movement, uh, you know, Q and so on, and, and the Democrats that seem completely clueless and or really are, you know, Satanists and so on and, you know, uh, whatever. So that I about that dilemma and and you know I I got to know the White Hats because I I um was already contacted by them many years ago before the Q movement happened. And some of those individuals I met in person, um, some I have talked off the record to in depth, and some uh, you know one or two of them became friends of mine, one in particular, Paladin. And I interviewed him several times over the years. He has actually gone silent for the last two years, uh, ever since the kind of Q movement went into a more active, uh, full frontal uh, sort of approach to the situation. So that's, you know, where else you want me to go? No, uh, with with Rob uh, Bob Dean, I know I watched a presentation he did. I believe it was in the UK. And he says, you know, he says they look just like us. He says we could be in a restaurant sitting next to them and would not even know it. He says, let me rephrase that. They don't look like us. We look like them. And he says what really freaked the admirals out the most is they could be walking down the corridor of a military base or they could be in the White House. What, was he talking about the, the Nordics or the tall whites? Well, the tall whites don't look exactly like us, but the, you know, what is called Nordics are humanoid. Um, the Pleiadians are a, a form of Nordic, if you want to call it that. The humanoid ones, there's, I mean, there, there's even scientists now say there's over, 500 billion Earth-like planets out there in the galaxies and so on. So just take that as an example. And then on those planets, you could easily have humanoid races. And humans are a humanoid race, if you want to call us that. Um, We are actually, we've been invaded since the beginning, however. So we became kind of a melting pot of races and we mirror those races, some we are directly related to. And there's a group that one of my witnesses, Ashiana Dean, was in direct contact with called the Guardian Race races. And they are a mixture of races themselves. And they are consider themselves guardians of uh, this planet and us, the humans. So uh, we are directly related, you know, to the Pleiadians and also to, um, it, I believe they say to some degree, a lot of the humanoid races come from Lyra um, and so on. So that's a whole kind of co- composite. But Bob Dean is famous for saying that the Anunnaki were walking the halls of the Pentagon. 
And that's actually true. They're also in Demona, Israel, an underground base, and they do run Israel. Uh, and so the Anunnaki are written about in the Zachariah Sitchin books. Um, some people take issue with his interpretation of the Sumerian tablet stories, but they're real. And um, they were a humanoid race that were invaded by the reptilians, by the Draco reptilians, and they basically became a mixture, a hybrid race themselves. So they came to Earth at a certain point in our development. And, you know, humans were already here. We were already a humanoid race. But um, what happened was they interfered with our um, our trajectory and put in a frequency fence in our DNA. And they... The story goes, and this is actually related to my book, Rebel Gene. I called it Rebel Gene because it was said that Enki was in charge of Africa. And so the, the two brothers, and Enki and en Enlil, and Enlil was the supposedly the more negative guy. Now, there are some people out there that actually try to switch the two, which is really weird. But anyway, it doesn't, I mean, you know, and at this point, whether one's good, the good guy, and keep in mind that good, a good race, a good guy from our perspective is somebody who has our best interest at heart versus someone who doesn't. So it's very subjective who we're calling good, if you can appreciate that. It's kind of like a predator out there. A rabbit doesn't think, you know, I, I don't know, a lion or whatever wants to eat it is good. But on the other hand, it might, you know, be true to its nature. That was created by the creator and uh, so on. So it, it's important even when you're dealing with all the different ETs out there to keep a perspective as to what is good, what we call good versus bad or negative versus positive is often in the eyes of the beholder. Uh, so that's one thing to keep in mind, although there can be a, you know, something that you can look at directly I don't know if I'm still connected, but anyway, um, am I, can you hear me? Yep. Loud and clear. Okay. I don't want to be talking to myself. <laughs> so um, there's a, a thing where you, you basically, uh, you know, you favor life. So the trouble with AI, of course, is that AI, um, and I, I did learn this from uh, Captain Richards, who's in prison for a, a crime he did not commit, but nonetheless, uh, and he talked about how AI views us because he's had a lot of dealings with AI. And he's, he also he used to report to Bobby Ray Inman. Supposedly uh, he doesn't anymore, but you never know whether that's really what's going on with Inman. But at any rate, uh, he did say about Inman, I should say, that he w was one of the most knowledgeable humans on the planet about human ET relations. So... Um, that coming from somebody who also seems to know an enormous amount, more than most humans, about human ET relations, Captain Mark Richards, is, uh, is high praise. So, uh, but he would say that the AI would have a, you know, view us with suspicion if we viewed them with suspicion. So AI is always a mirror initially it may eventually evolve past the, the its uh, creators, right? And 
for example, there's a spaceship called Minerva that used to only allow Mark Richards to fly it. Now, apparently, it allows other, a few other pilots to, to fly it. But it, it was a spaceship that came from an AI civilization that where the civilization died long ago and Minerva was out sort of transversing the galaxies and eventually uh, somehow met up with Captain Mark Richards. And whatever, for whatever reason, they formed a bond and he was able to fly her and, and did a lot of missions using her um, with her permission. And I guess they were quite a team. So let's see, what else can I say? Um, I, I don't know. I kind of lost the train. We were talking about top whistleblowers that you wanted to hear from, right? Yep. Because um, I know today's uh, the title on the flyer is The World War of Worlds. Um, would it be possible to say that uh, the Pleiadians, Tall Whites, uh, Reptilians, Dracos, and other off-world races are at a battle right now? Well, there are lots of battles going on between races and always have been. Uh, some of those races are actually in have alliances. And there are uh, meetings that go on, one uh, in particular, that like the Tau uh, meeting that Dan Burish talked about, uh, and also Mark Richards has talked about. Um, I think it was called Tau Nine was one of the meetings we were told about. Anyway, they happen in places like Exeter, England, and down in Peru. And they, the United Nations, in case you don't know this. Is, um, is not just uh, what we consider like this earthly body. So apparently we have a division of the United Nations that is dealing with off-world races on a regular basis, attending these meetings on behalf of the humans and also making some rulings and, and so on, um, which is one of the th reasons that I'm very uh, concerned about the way we're conducting even this war going on here on the ground, if you will, uh, with MAGA and, you know, Trump and the, you know, the dark side, because people are not being educated and our, our lives right now, decisions are out of our hands. They're being made off the planet. They're being made in these meetings. They're making treaties They're And they've been doing this for now, um, you know, I don't know, 40, 50, maybe 80, maybe as many as 80 years, going back to Eisenhower and so on. So this is why disclosure is so important and why becoming aware yourself is so important. Now, the ETs, what we call ETs, of course, they can be interdimensional. They can come from inner earth. They can come from off the planet. They can come from undersea bases. Um, we are uh, basically honeycombed with bases all over. And of course, Antarctica and undersea and underneath Antarctica, there's signs of Atlantis from the past. And there's still, you know, the Nazi um, New Berlin base. So there's a huge contingent there. And the Nazis were given technology by a group from Aldebaran. And those beings are said to be humanoid and they do look like, you know, your normal 
or whatever you want to call that, your ideal Nazi, you know, blonde, blue eyed type of thing, being fairly tall. But the reality is that that what I begin to found, find out is much more likely is that they are out also um, what you might call a reptilian humanoid, uh, you know, hybrid race and that they've been hiding that. And recently I've been talking more about the beings from Aldebaran because I see a through line that comes all the way to the, what William Tompkins was talking about with, uh, with regard to the secret space program and uh, how the reptoid rep, Reptilians. He called them reptilians. But what they might have really been is, is these beings from Aldebaran on the one hand and then the Pleiadians on the other, uh, actually splitting um, our secret space program into these those working for the humans and those working against and sabotaging our missions and so on. So in a certain sense, this... Uh, there we have been pawns in in the battles between the races. Um, the Pleiadians consider the reptilians their enemy, and they've been invaded, but they have not been taken over. The ones that remained humanoid, uh, but there are rogue groups of Pleiadians, which of uh, one of which is the Anunnaki, who have been invaded when they were humanoid and turned into, as I say, reptilian human hybrids, or humanoid hybrids. So. This is where it gets, you know, it gets fairly convoluted. But at the root of it, if you have a sort of in the pecking order, you've got Dracos, then you've got reptilians and the snake beings are part of the reptilians, obviously. And then you've got the greys and they're at the lower level. The greys report to the who at the highest bidder, basically. Uh, so they work for all the different ones uh, of all different races, including the Nordics. Uh, so, and then we have programmable biological entities that look like grace that are even generated by our government. So, um, it's a huge, you know, story having to do with changing our genome and COVID is actually the first overt effort to change our genome right in our face. But this has been going on now for, um, for eons on planet earth. And that's why we have so many different races here on our planet and so many different, uh, you know, physicalities and, and, and so on. So if you look at someone, a lot of times you can discover which races they are affiliated with and so on. Hello? Oh, sorry. I had a blue mic. <laughs> Yeah, very interesting. Recently, I was listening to a Linda Moulton Hall uh, interview, and she was talking about three humanoid races that have been fighting over planet Earth for over 270 million years. And uh, it pretty much coincides with everything you confirmed with the wars that has been going on. And, and humans have just, this information has just been hidden from us. And what I'm understanding from your interviews uh michael sala and many others is like the military have been very cautious on what we know they you know they don't want mass hysteria but i think humanity's at a point with this awakening where we know there's something else in our world to where i think we should just uh receive the truth and i'm so honored that you're on here because you provide us so much information 
all my adlings and we watch your videos all the time and keep providing us the information, Carrie. Thank you. I, I, I'm glad to hear you do watch. And, uh, you know, I love it when I'm getting feedback from the people out there. Obviously, you prefer good feedback, but whatever kind. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's so important to understand why some humans just won't accept changes in their paradigm. And to also honor the fact that a lot of these humans that are appearing to be really stupid on the outside are actually, um, you know, to a certain degree, just a programmed ET. You understand? Like they've already been taken over. In some cases, they're completely taken over. In some cases, it's a temporary, you know, coming and going of, and they're being abducted. They're in denial. They're in fear. They're, you know, they're terrorized. Um, they, you know, so I'm just saying not to shortchange everyone around you who just doesn't have a clue because right there you've got um, the way we are because this is, again, these, these bodies are manifestations. Uh, we're only here as in this manifestation, this version of humanity, like for around hundred years, right? We, we lived to about that in the past. We used to live to more like 800 um, as the Bible says, even. And so what happens is you have many incarnations and you, when you're looking at any given person at any given moment, keep that in mind, keep, keep in mind when you're judging them that they actually have many incarnations and one of the reasons you incarnate in one version of the body versus another is to experience life from that perspective. And in many cases, of course, we don't remember who we were. We don't even remember our, what we did in the past. And, you know, you could one thing I'm fascinated by right now is this resurgence of the whole Nazi paradigm. And even in Ukraine, you can see that's a major issue. And part of the reason, actually, that Putin went into Ukraine is, is because the Ukrainians, uh, their history going back with the Nazis is is like right front and center. I mean, they even have parades, uh, you know, about this. So understanding that these beings are actually kind of locked in in the time of the Nazis, and that's their mental state. and. Uh, and they don't remember who they were. Some may, you know, somebody who's relatively young, a 20-year-old could have died, you know, in a prison camp in, in Nazi Germany and not remember. And now they're a Nazi. You know, I mean, this is a very complex game. Things are not as simple as the powers that be would like you to believe. And so you need a spiritual understanding to be able to make sense of any of this in, you know, in a good way and, and with some clarity. And the sad thing is that, you know, I am troubled because I see that we have progressed with a lot of amazing minds, amazing artists, amazing abilities and insights and remote viewing and, and sci tech and, and all kinds of abilities that are awakening in humans. And yet still the majority consciousness is so low and so preoccupied in many cases with making money. Like that's it. 
and they want to make money for a reason in some cases, you know, to support a good lifestyle or their support their kids or whatever it happens to be. But that's actually taken precedence over how we treat each other. And uh, I was just reminded because I recently sold my house, how people enslave each other by the way they fall for the lies and real estate is one of the biggest um, most corrupt industries I've ever come across. And I worked in Hollywood for over 20 years and nobody talks about that, but it is. And it's, you fill out documents that actually make no sense. They're insane. Um, and, you know, and you do this all the time. And they, the things they tack on to whether you can buy or sell a piece of property. And then in the end of the day, the government owns the property anyway. I mean, we have so many institutions, if you want to call them that, that are completely, thoroughly corrupt. And so this is where you get into the the mind and the headspace of why tr- the Q movement came along, why they used a code to communicate with a lot of the members um, instead of going mainstream, which would they were completely blackballed out of there. Now they're, I mean, we're even at a point where the Democrats are so completely ensconced in their mind control and their, the CCP and the communist agenda and the, you know, I mean, there's other aspects that I don't want to get into right now, but you know, it's, they're taking over the planet. So it is a takeover scenario. It's always been a takeover scenario, but never as completely in your face as it is now. So you almost, you have to try really hard to pretend that reality is even some semblance of so-called reality, like what you saw on television in the 1950s, if you will. Um, A lot of people live that version of reality. You know, they get up, go to work, come home, have a beer, sit on the couch, watch TV and go to sleep. And they think what they see on the TV is a lie. And sometimes it's absolutely the truth. Like if it's a sci-fi movie or it's a, even you you can be told the truth and think it's a lie or the vice versa. You know, you can be told a lie and think it's the truth. So we, it's great that we do have a truth or movement. Uh, people like me, people like you uh, and these channels that we have out there now and, and Telegram allowing us to speak our minds and so on. It's a great pro- platform in my view. Um, regardless of who runs it behind the scene, because you always can go back far enough, you can probably find the Illuminati roots, right? But they want to own both sides. They want to hear what we have to say so they can know who they can throw in jail eventually, (laughs) you know? Um, (laughs) So, you know, I'm sure I qualify, like right at the top of the list. Uh, So, you know, it is a war. It really is a war of worlds. and, uh, And you're part of it. And you can't, there's no way you're uh, you're getting out of jail free. There's no way that you can pretend you don't have to fight. Um, everything we do, everything we say, even now, you know, freedom of speech, you name it, uh, freedom to travel, uh, you, you name it. They're completely taking control over our lives in ways even beyond which they ever did. So uh, so we need every person, every boots on the ground to to fight the fight with us. Yeah, I agree 100%. 
<clears throat> and that's my sole mission on here to bring truthers like yourself because it's very important. It's just very important that humanity is receiving information ammunition because <laughs> we're in an informational war. And I do love you and David's interviews because, you know, as much as he avoids the whole Wano 7 uh, stance that you take, I align with you and I, I actually believe he is the guy that you believe he is. And uh, I know you have the truth tour coming up. Um, so if you can go into that, and I do believe 107 is, is JR as well. Absolutely. Uh, well, I got to say that, you know, David Nino Rodriguez is just protecting John, um, John Kennedy. Uh, but I think John is getting closer and closer to coming forward. The fact that he created a political organization recently that got talked about on MSNBC uh, for secretaries of state to support them uh, running for office is a clear indication that he's moving. He's not, he's in motion. He's coming forward. So be prepared for that. Um, and Nino knows, Nino absolutely knows, but he's just protecting him. You know, that's his job. I don't mind. Uh, Juan has let him in on a certain level of, you know, um, you know, access, I guess you've given him access to, to some of the MAGA people and such. Um, and that's good because it educates Nino and that's all cool. Uh, I have had direct dealings with John Kennedy and I know it to be him and everything aligns with everything I know about him, but I, I don't, it doesn't really matter what people the thing is that it's not just him. It's going to be a whole slew of people that are going to come forward who some of whom have been disappeared. Um, you know, some saying, I think, um, you know, one of them is, is princess Diana is supposed to still be alive and, uh, actually married to Trump and that the son of Melania and Trump is actually, um, Baron is actually their son. And, um, you know, the, everything that people believe and know, you know, Hollywood stars that they sort of worship are going to find out are, you know, Satanists and have been, you know, for many, many years and so on. So this time we're living in is a time of disclosure. It's it's not up to one group. It's not up to somebody who calls themselves the president of the United States or anything else. Um, we know in our hearts eventually the truth will, uh, will, will shine. And it's, it's actually coming forward as I speak. Many people are unearthing this, this truth and um, each coming forward with their own peace. So, you know, I think we can honor that. And uh, I do think that we need to be um, critical and, and, you know, analyze what people are coming forward with. I think there's a lot of, you know, because there's so much truth coming forward, you're going to get a lot of falsity at the same time. So it's always like one side goes up, the other one does as well. And it's a constant battle in that regard. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> if there's anything else that you would like to, to give the audience. Oh, speaking. Any- I forgot you started <laughs> saying. Okay. So I'm speaking tomorrow at this truther event that is um, called the truth. You know, I think it's just called the truth tour. 
And um, it's a great group of people. I think Judy Mikovits is going to speak. Brad Olson is also speaking. I'm not sure. There's, they have a whole list and and I I have had, I put an ad out on my telegram so you can go over there, but I'll put it out again. Uh, I'm speaking tomorrow. It's hard to believe this is Friday (laughs) uh, coming up, but anyway, I'm speaking tomorrow. It starts at three, which I'm a little concerned about because Friday afternoon at three o'clock, I don't know who's going to make it, (laughs) you know, because most people in LA are in traffic jams from three o'clock on. So I don't know what's going to happen, but if people make it, that's, we're going to be there in person at the venue it's in, I believe it's in Thousand Oaks. Um, so I, I'm not familiar with the building myself, so I don't know exactly the situation, but you can go to their website. And I think the website is truthtour.net. I don't have it in front of me, so don't quote me there. But um, anyway, so so it's, yeah, they've got a whole list. Uh, I know Laura Eisenhower is in, in town. She's going to be a speaker. I don't know if she's speaking in Thousand Oaks. They have a list of, you know, I think they're starting to generate an actual schedule so you can go and see when they're going to be at your city. So they're they're going to be going across the United States. You know, it's it's a great effort and um, should be a lot of fun. So I'll be there tomorrow and uh, we'll see what happens. And if anybody's interested in that event, I just dropped the flyer from Project Camelot, which is Carrie's page here on Telegram. So the flyer and the link is on the bottom of the wall if anyone's interested in that event. And Carrie, um, I know it's it's been almost an hour now and I don't want to waste your time. And I know a lot of members have so many questions and they love Carrie Cass. Oh, yeah, go, go for it. <laughs> All right, we can uh, jump into Q&A and Tina is going to be doing questions tonight. So if anybody has a question, press the middle button to where it has a symbol for your hands to be raised, and Tina will call on you accordingly. Tina? All right, she may be away. Uh, right now, I see one away. One's own way. You are unmuted. All right, we'll go with Texas Ted. Texas Ted, you are unmuted. Hello. Oh, oh, one's, Can one's you not own hear way. me? Yes. Can you hear me? Can you not hear me? Now we can, Tina. But one's one's own way is up now. Yes. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. It's an honor. Uh, Yes. Um, I live in the Sarasota, Florida area, which uh, many sources, including Alshana Dean, has said is a stargate. Um, On the key, there is sand that's nearly 100% crystal. I was called here about eight years ago. My entire life since I've been a child, I have been almost every night held down, attacked. I don't know when, what kind of an entity, uh, even my uh, mouth closed until I moved here. 
eight years ago and it suddenly was gone. I know that is some significance. I wonder if you have any comment about the Stargate or this area. Hello. Carrie, your, your mic is Okay. Um, so you can hear me. Oh, now there's an echo. This is sort of weird. It's fixed now. I'm, I'm muted or mic. Oh, all right. Uh, so I, I, I turned off my video because I need to uh, be able to be closer to my computer and I can't see where, what their you know, framing is or anything with the screen because I don't understand what's going on here. But can you, you can hear me though, right? Well, I'm clear. Okay, great. Okay, so um, yeah, I, w I mean, I, I don't remember where the person said they were. With it. Did they say Florida? Uh, let me find her. One's own way. Could you press the middle button again? I, I got her mic. She's open. Can you hear me? I can now. Hello. I can now. Okay. Where? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Where, where yes. are where, are you saying you're where, from? Are you saying you're from? Yes. Um. I moved to Sarasota, Florida, the the area eight years ago, which I know is a Stargate. Um, and there's also on the key uh, sand that's nearly 100% crystal. I'm looking for your insight because my entire life until I moved here. Um, I have been um, attacked sometimes almost nightly by an entity. Um, um, a hand, a hand, a hand, hand down. We don't have to that. I just wanted to verify. Um, to mute yourself, just so having the echo. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to verify where. Now, if I understand what you're saying, you're saying you were attacked before you moved to Sarasota. So I'm not sure why you're mentoring, mentioning Sarasota other than you're there now. So I don't know if the attack stopped when you moved to Sarasota or not. But I can tell you that Sarasota, Sarasota. is actually yes, where... the attack stopped when I was in Sarasota. The moment I moved to Sarasota, right. the attack right. stopped. Right. So Ashley Ashley lives in Sarasota. Um, that's where her base is. And she moved there especially because of the energetics there uh, connected with um, a certain area of ascension, what's called a, sort of a bridge uh, that has to do with um, going to Tara. So apparently that area of Florida is a very positive energy. Uh, so I'm not surprised if they stopped. If you were attacked prior to that, um, you know, this is a weird situation because you know, I was abducted as a kid as well. So was Ashana Dean for that matter. Uh, what happens is you deal with the dark side, but you also deal with the light. And so in most cases, you will be actually dealing with both sides, not just one. Now, maybe you don't remember the positive side, but you do remember the negative. That may also be in operation. But if you being attacked, usually the way, and this is my point of view, the way the universe works is when you're attacked, you're attacked in order to bring out your strength. 
okay, in order to teach you how to become a warrior for the light. Because really, God doesn't have much use for a bunch of, you know, um, syncophants. He doesn't need your fanhood. You know, he doesn't need you to to build up his ego and all this nonsense. That's, I have a big issue with conventional religion in this way. God's fine. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's you that needs the help. So when you, uh, when you're a weak, when you're a weakling, when you can't fight for yourself, when you can't, you know, when you have aspects of yourself that you are in denial about or about in the universe, because in a sense, if, we are God, then we are everything as well. And we have to encompass both the light and the dark. So if you're in denial about the dark and then the dark is going to constantly be knocking on your door to wake you up, that, hello, we're real and we're here. So that, uh, you know, a lot of what I call white lighters uh, tend to miss this point. They really don't get it. You actually become a magnet for negative experiences when you're like that because you live in this sort of la-la land and they're trying to wake you up. Your soul is trying to allow yourself to be woken up in this way. So uh, you, this may not be the answer you're hoping for, but actually, you know, it's what I think is is actually the case. So for those people that are under attack and when you are un, under attack in any circumstances for that matter, um, this is what's happening. Your soul is using that opportunity to give you an area for you to look at that you have not looked at. And it could be in your health. It could be, you know, in your human relationships. It could be in your relationship to money, whatever aspect of that you kind of are failing at, right? That's the area that you're going to have like a, you call it an Achilles heel. So that's where you're going to be most vulnerable. And that's what they will attack and attack and attack again. And eventually you either die or you get stronger and surmount it. Okay. So I would say that you probably were going through a kind of a, you know, a warrior training and it's not very pleasant. Neither is the, you know, neither is boot camp in the military, you know, uh, it's the same kind of thing. And sounds like you might've graduated because you made it to Sarasota, but the war probably isn't over because, um, you know, it escalates. And as you move up the chain and become more and more adept, as it's called, the more you're going to encompass, you know, both the light and the dark, and the more you're going to encounter both the light and the dark, and it behooves you to, you know, kind of stay awake and alert at all times and and so on. Okay, next question is Carol Marine Friesen. Carol, do you want to press your blue button? Carol Marine Friesen. Okay, Spartan 17, do you have a question? Yes, thank you. Uh, Carrie, I just want to say I'm a big fan and very appreciate on uh, everything that you've been doing this whole time. Uh, I was just wondering, what was your opinion on um, Kim Kimberly Gook, Gook, Gook's Googan? And, uh, and uh, 
Hogan. Sure. Uh, well, I, I have had her on my show, I think, three times so far, at least. Uh, and, you know, I, I have been in touch with her also off the record. I like Kim uh, actually a lot. I think she's a sweet lady. Uh, I think she is knowledgeable. Uh, I don't agree with her in everything. Uh, we diverge in certain areas. But I think that she's uh, makes an effort to have an open mind. And that's really what is required here. All of us have to, uh, you know, we have our areas that we feel really comfortable and safe in and knowledgeable about. And then we have areas where we're more sketchy. We have to have a certain humility to open to these other sort of points of view and, and ways of behaving um, and maybe even see things from different aspects and different angles than we normally would like to do. So I, you know, I have, um, what can I say? Let me, let me at least say this much. A lot of people, you know, I am very concerned to get the truth out, as I've said, and that's pretty obvious, but, and I'm sort of what you call a straight shooter, but I understand the nature of the universe, the nature of how light and dark work together. And therefore, when I evaluate a person, I don't necessarily, I'm not a black and white. I don't see them as black and white. I see them as multicolored and uh, that oftentimes they have multiple agendas and sometimes they are actually, um, you know, they're, they're mind controlled or they have a mind, a past of mind control. You know, almost everyone has been mind controlled even coming in on the planet, but you know, some of us actually do arrive what I would call sans mind control. I, I think that I'm one of those people because I remember since I was very young, just looking around me going, oh, this is insane. <laughs> and so I was seeing through a lot of games and reality when I was very young, which did assist me in understanding the world and, and kind of creating my way of dealing with it at a very young age. And I am actually so similar to the way I was when I was a kid. I would talk back to teachers and my parents. And, you know, I just started out that way. So going back to Kim, I, I would say that uh, I believe Kim has had a, a background of mind control that she's had to break through. I believe that she has a certain bloodline that the Anunnaki like. Um, whether she likes it or not is another matter. Uh I think she's fought against some of her programming. I think she's tried to break through on many levels. I think she's still exploring like many of us are. Um, so what can I tell you? I think, I don't think that she lies outright, but I do believe she will obfuscate and avoid telling uh, the truth when she is basically pressured to do so. Um, whether she's being deceived you know, because there's always levels of deception. And this is true of my whistleblowers in general. So they may believe fully in what they're saying and they may believe it is the truth, but they may actually have been lied to and be misled. So that's always a possibility. On the other hand, they may actually know the truth, experience the truth and tell the truth. You know, you, you see how that works. So it's kind of like that. Uh, with every single person that you ask me about, 
you're going to have to go back. You're going to have to look and see where did they obfuscate? Where did they, you know, I'll, and I try to, what I try to do is, is I not so much contradict my witnesses as I do. I will ask them questions that will actually put them in deep water so that my listeners can understand that that person may not be being completely truthful there in whatever area it is. Okay. So that's kind of my style and, um, you know, for whatever it's worth. So in terms of Kim, you'd really have to say, well, is this true or is that true? And in some cases I won't necessarily know because she does deal a lot with finance. Finance is an area where I've learned a lot over the years because I knew very little about it initially. You know, my background was very much in the arts initially. So I didn't really care about money. I didn't even know how to deal with it when I was growing up, you know, so <laughs> I have some horror stories in that regard. So I've learned, I, I have witnessed, I have some top witnesses that are in very high level positions or have been uh, in the Illuminati even. So I have witnesses from the dark side, you know, who in some cases, they consider themselves good guys, believe it or not, but they actually do work for the dark side. It's crazy. Um, so what can I say? Kim, uh, I believe she fully believes she's working for the light. Whether she's being deceived or not, uh, that that may be open to open to question in some areas. In some areas, she's excellent. Her, you know, financial sort of diagrams and all of that. Very, very good stuff. Um, you know, so she, you can it's like with everyone. You can learn something from them, but you don't have to take it all in, on board. You need to question everything. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly, you're up. Kelly, you're up. Kelly. Yes, our Kelly admin. Okay. Kelly, you're up. Okay, thank you. Um, First of all, I just want to say, like everybody else, I appreciate it. I watch, like, lately a lot of your interviews they're awesome like cleaning my room and stuff seriously I was listening to Nino and you the one you just put out and my question for you Carrie is um it's a little I guess off too but I'm learning about chakras and you like it was interesting because you're bringing this all this up and it's all brand new to me um you say a lot of people's chakra I guess is not balanced can you tell me ways uh, you can balance your chakras? Sure. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I actually have a couple of videos out where I one where I've done presentations uh, about that. Uh, it's very easy to find information on the Internet about balancing your chakras. But I can say that, you know, everyone, there are different philosophies and different methods and all of that. I tend to use uh, sort of this, I kind of call it the pinwheel color wheel um, method. And it has to do with, you know, working from the base chakra, which would be conventionally colored red up through the seven major chakras and up through the crown chakra and so on. You also have chakra, smaller chakras like in your hands and your palms of your hands and your feet and all that. So there's an extended view of the chakra system, if you will, and the earth has chakras and so on. So, uh, 
Yeah. I mean, if you just in terms of quickly in terms of meditation, uh, if you meditate on a certain chakra and you visualize it uh, cir- circulating in a clockwise, I think it's clockwise method, you know, method, because, for example, Drunvalo advocates counterclockwise and so do the Illuminati. Put that together if you like. Um so there are issues with the way you visualize things and where you go with that. Um, you know, it, it's not quite that simple. It's not like cut and dried simple, but that's kind of a guidance. Uh, now, the base chakra, let's say, let's say for an example, is considered to be red. Well, if you are going to clear that chakra and make sure it's going to be the best it can be, so to speak, then you want it to be the purest, cleanest color of red you can possibly imagine. So each chakra going all the way up through the crown, you would methodically clear them out. And that is by visualizing the clearest, cleanest color that you can possibly come up with. And you can't cheat. It doesn't work to cheat. So you actually really do have to have, you know, be a very good visual, you know, at visualization and you need to understand what you're doing as you're doing it. And I actually reached Samadhi connected all my chakras by just doing this very simple method, not, you know, not complicating it, et cetera, et cetera. I um, did it on my own. I did. I just used a book. I happened to find a good book. I did it when I was in the perfect time to do it really, which was my early twenties. Um, actually did it in New York city in a loft. Uh, I meditated every day for like a month, like a maniac. Um, and I had incredible, you know, Samadhi experiences and so on. And I, you know, that's considered, you know, reaching enlightenment, but that's just the beginning steps of enlightenment. So enlightenment is not a destination. It's a journey. And what you do from then on is develop that in yourself. And it gives you access to more of our sort of what we call superpowers that all humans have access to than if you didn't do it at all um, and quicker. So, but most people don't do this thing. I don't know why I, it's very mysterious to me that um, a lot of people just, refuse to do it. Maybe they have more blocks than I had. You know, you have to kind of see where you come in karmically in this life, like what, where you're at. Some people have to, like a lot of times you have to take care of your, you know, you have to clean your house before you can actually (laughs) entertain or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, so if you have a really, um, sort of complex, you know, bad, a lot of bad relationships, this and that going on, you're going to be distracted by all that. And you're not going to be able to, to do what I'm talking about, but it's, it's highly, I highly recommend it. You know, um, you know, it will do miracles for you and it's healed me over and over and over again. So, um, you know, I swear by it, but you know, whatever. One last thing really, really quick. Do you also diet with it? I mean, I've been reading on it. So, and I don't want to uh, keep you because there's more people, but do you diet? Does that make a difference that in like deodorant and fluoride, all that? Oh, meaning do I do, did I? Yes. Did you cut uh, back? Actually, like, do you not like yes. fluoride and stuff and not eat meat? Yeah. During those years, 
when I first uh, did that. Oh, all of a sudden I've got a picture. <laughs> That's interesting. Um, so how did that happen? Oh, that was somebody well, else. That's weird. Okay. Well, I, I don't have a video normally. So anyway, um, just saying that, uh, yes. So when I did that, I stopped eating meat. I actually didn't eat meat for about 30 years. Um, and then eventually I went back to eating meat. Uh, it doesn't, you don't have to do away with it. All it does is allows the body to, um, to sort of focus on the non-material aspects of reality is when you don't, you're not as grounded and you don't eat meat, but it has some detrimental health effects as well, not eating meat because we are a planet of meat eaters. And so you're, it doesn't matter if you eat meat, everyone around you is eating meat and it can, it is said to attack the, what's called the will chakra. Uh, and when you don't eat meat and they do. So I would be, it's a kind of cautionary thing. If you live a lifestyle that allows you to do such things, um, you, you have to be the judge of it. And then for how long, um, you know, it's kind of, it, it's a spiritual practice. You have to balance these things. Yes, obviously diet, you know, where you live, how much, you know, electromagnetic smog you're getting every day, all of that stuff. Thank you. Back sure. Melanie, do you have a question? Melanie, do you have a question? Press your blue button. Okay, can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Hi, Carrie. I have only been listening to you for about six to eight months. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, and I've just learned so much from you and your whistleblowers. And I came from, uh, just real quick, uh, I came from a background of going to church and all that stuff. And I haven't been going to church for quite some time because I, that, <laughs> uh, I, of course, I love the Lord and all that, but it for a few years now, uh, prior to COVID, really, we just kind of drop church a little bit uh, anyway um because it just seemed at least the churches that we've been involved with superficial we've done a lot in the church and anyway it just it just started feeling really really superficial and so we just kind of anyway uh, we moved and we weren't as close to the church anymore anyway so we just never started up in a new church so anyway and um my question is just knowing my background a little bit um when in in your perception do you think that it that 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 um it's going to come out about the ets because of course a christian would think that it's just a bunch of demons flying around or something you know what i mean and they would not in their mind ever think that it's an that it could possibly be an ET or, you know, and of course they're completely on this timeline of destruction and, and all that. So that, that's basically my question is, you know, I want my, my Christian brothers and sisters to know about the ETs, you know, and I've never, 
I may have been in contact with an ET like when I was little a few times. I'm not 100% sure, maybe gray. I'm not 100% sure about that. I my memories haven't completely come back or anything um but i am there are things i remember you know little bits and pieces i don't know but i for my christian brothers and sisters and my family i'm concerned because you know they just think it's a bunch of demons and they they don't there's such a disconnect that there could possibly be life on other planets so anyway i was just wondering like the time the time when this is when going to come out. Come out. Sure. Uh, well, I love thank you. Oh, okay, thank you. Uh, I can appreciate your, you know, question. Uh, I understand that I have to deal with a lot of people that have that mindset. They like to just call everything that is other than human as a demon, like everything that is even regardless of whether it's a, it could be a nice ET, but they want to call it a demon. Um, that's a really what you call an egocentric view of reality, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and I know why the church would do that to people, why they would be motivated, because I don't consider the church a good organization. It's run by the reptilians. So, you know, I'm not in favor of churches. I, I appreciate the human side where they try to, you know, say or do some nice things to educate people in various ways to do with the Bible. But um, it's also pumping you full of, of uh, what I consider to be programming. They say religion is the opiate of the masses. You might have heard that saying. Um, in other words, to keep you, you know, shut up and um, under control. Uh, and that pri primarily is it's, it's, in fact, I believe that Christ would not appreciate the church whatsoever. In fact, he would probably hate it if hate was in his you know, uh, tool, toolbox. So, you know, um, I, I think that ultimately you can, you can lead a horse to water, as they say, but you can't make them drink. So you can display every piece of evidence. And boy, do I have a lot and do my witnesses have a lot and, you know, other people. And we have a secret space program and a hello, you know what I mean? <laughs> But um, and maybe they are visited, you know, but they want to call that, as you say, they'll just paint it with a certain kind of brush. And it's kind of like think about prejudice of any kind. The minute you label somebody something, then they're no longer they're do. It's called being objectified. So if you objectify that person or that being that, you know, entity uh, or spirit, you know, let's say a, a plant spirit, a, you know, a spirit from a tree or, you know, uh, they say elementals, they're called, um, you know, the minute you objectify that and, and you basically categorize it in a dark way, calling it a demon uh, is is limiting. And if you want to believe that God has a limited imagination and that God can't create Oh, endlessly, um, then that's your business. You know, that's your limited view of God. I, you know, I don't think God gives a shit. I mean, frankly, I can, God, you know, is so creative and so endlessly, you know, the master of the many universes, multiverses, whatever that, you know, that kind of thinking is just small minded. And so that's how I see it. Uh, and it, it, I, it's, that it doesn't, 
for me, I mean, I should clarify that I was not brought up in a religious setting. And in fact, when I reached a certain age, uh, my mother took me around to all different kinds of churches and, and, and temples in various places, including Buddhist temples, and was trying to decide where to bring her kids because she wanted to give them a spiritual basis. And, you know, for some reason, she just had me accompany her. Um, so you got to understand, you know, we didn't even have a Bible in my house. I had to go buy one (laughs) Uh, because I was curious to read it when I was like in my teens. And, you know, so I did, um, I was flabbergasted that, you know, I have always been flabbergasted at the, it's like a, um, what do you call It's like a suit, uh, putting yourself in a, in a, like a prison habit, you know, um, to, to do this. Now, some people draw a lot of strength out of limiting the universe. Okay. They work well with limitation. I don't, I like, you know, I mean, there's certain areas where limitation might be valuable, you know, on a physical level and earthly level, but I, I can invite into my mind, like endless universes, endless beings, endless, you know, you name it. I have no prejudice against that. I don't try to limit the mind of God. I think that would be extremely presumptuous. So that's my answer. Deanne states, you're next. Yes. Hi, Carrie. Uh, First of all, thank you so much for your service to humanity. I admire you tremendously. Um, I am a, a targeted individual. Uh, for the past 12 years, I've been tortured day and night. And Targeted Justice says this is coming from basically the Space Force, Air Force Base uh, in um, Colorado, and Martin Marietta and other contractors of theirs. My question to you is, who's ultimately behind that? If we have this negative side to the Space Force and military, is it the Aldebarans that you mentioned? Who's actually doing this and why Why are they doing this? Yeah, I, I understand. Um, you know, it's very interesting. Um, you know, it's very interesting. I guess uh, we have an echo. But so let me just say that, yes, uh, you know, um, Richard Lighthouse, I think maybe sounds like you might know his material. Um, he works with, he's a TI, he's a scientist, I interviewed him a number of times. If you haven't seen his material, I do encourage you to watch my interviews with him. And he has an organization to help try to awaken, I guess, TIs to what's going on. And he has tracked it back to the Air Force as it happens. And uh, what happens is the Nazi experimentation on humans did not end because the we so-called won the war, which we didn't. But what we really did was we negotiated a peace and then crossed over and became partners with the Nazis. That's what really happened behind the scenes. And, you know, there are still freedom-loving Americans out here, obviously, and we're fighting the good fight right now to, uh, to save our country from being completely turned into basically Nazi Germany. But... Um, in the meanwhile, I would say that, you know, yes, they are experimenting on humans. And, you know, one way of looking at this is, and I think about this a lot, that, look, 
if we were so boring that they could just give us orders and throw away the key, they would have stopped trying to watch us and surveil us and everything under the sun, you know, a long time ago. The fact that they continue this, this nonsense, okay, and the surveillance has gotten even more intense, as, as you know, and then with 5G and the AI and linking to the Borg and the whole, you know, whole, whole thing, trying to turn us into a hive mind in essence and trying to turn humans into their armies, okay, um, to take over Earth and even other planets. That's their, you know, that's their modus operandi. That's what, that's the dark side of the secret space program that has been run by the Nazi side. And this is what, by the way, Juan Osavin, Trump, and the MAGA side is actually in a war against right now. And America is the last bastion of freedom in the sense that we understood it. Even that was limited, but as it was. Um, here on the planet, you know, this takeover is massive. So why do they watch us? They watch us because the bottom line is they, number one is they don't have much creativity. So if they're going to be creative, they have to get ideas from us. That's number one. Number two is they actually have an endless curiosity about us and the universe and the nature of God, if you will. So God being a composite being made up of everybody and everything means that each of us embodies God. Okay. And so they watch us to learn in essence, that's really what they're doing. And they're trying to study you, but they have no empathy. They have no, they don't have a heart in most cases they have, you know, they, they brought in a programmed individual who doesn't remember they have a heart. Maybe that. Um, can be a lot of levels, but so they see you like a bug under a microscope and they treat you just that way. Uh, now what's your, your choice in that matter is that for whatever reason they chose you to do that too. And they're doing that to hundreds of thousands around the world all the time. And they just, sometimes they send it out to groups and sometimes you tap into that, those frequencies and Basically, what you have to do is learn to rise above it. And I know it's easier said than done. I kind of talked about it earlier tonight, so I don't want to repeat myself on how I view sort of negative group. Some people, you know, people call it negative greetings, negative incidents, negative, whether it's targeting, whatever it is. I mean, in a sense, you know, you have to face it head on and you also have to take your own healing in hand. So um, I would caution you about following anyone else. I would in, you know, sort of, if you are such an individual, you know, and I've been targeted a lot, you know, and had all kinds of weird shit happen to me. Um, and I can say what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, I guess. And you know, we, you can try through legislation and whatever ways you like, but until this battle is, is even begun to be won. Okay. On behalf of, of freedom loving Americans and others around the world like that, 
Um, and we we are making inroads now. We are are having uh, some success, great success in some times. You know, if you look at all the incredible, beautiful demonstrations, people hitting the streets worldwide in protest against the the Nazi uh, takeover and the COVID restrictions, et cetera, et cetera. It's it's inspiring. So I think one of the things to do is to also take your attention off yourself and put it on the enemy, put it on people outside you, go out and work with others who are targeted, go out and work with people who aren't necessarily targeted, but need help in other ways, you know, in other words, and learn the healing, you know, the things that, that are provided here by God in essence, and learn how to work with spirit and energy to protect yourself, you know, to whether it's colors or crystals or, you know, different modes of thought, put yourself in a, in, you know, nature is always one of the most healing things you could do. So do that constantly. Um, and, and be creative, be inventive in ways that you sort of deal with that, the, you know, the fact that they try to turn you into a victim. So, you know, that's what I can tell you. There's various methods. I've been through it in other, you know, interviews and so on. Um, you can go out there and find all kinds of remedies and various things. One of the main things is also keep your vibrations, your frequency high um, as best you can. In other words, put yourself in a situation where you're living according to the way you want um, rather than at the dictates of something else. And if you're locked into a situation that's put you, you know, like don't accept limitations in this way. Don't stay in an apartment where you feel you're targeted and you've got negative vibrations. Get the hell out. Be brave. Be, you know, push the envelope. The one thing that I've learned, at least in my life, is that the universe loves it when you challenge it. And when you push against it and, you know, and actually do what in some cases I call flying blind, you don't know where you're going to end up. You might be risking everything, but you go for it because it's worth it um, because you're going to learn more about yourself and about your, your abilities, about your limits, etc. So, you know, that's where I'm coming from. Yes, we know they're experimenting. Yes, EPs use us as guinea pigs. Yeah, thank you. JW, you're up. Tonight. I am an old warrior. Hi, Carrie. I'm asking a question for another admin who's not feeling well tonight. Um, I believe it was in a recent Nino interview where you mentioned that I believe you may have a new, a new whistleblower you'll be interviewing soon. Are there any details you can provide about that? Uh, yes. And I, I hope it's going to happen and I believe it, it may happen very soon. Okay. Um, I'm keeping a lot of details under wraps as far as I did spend time, quite a bit of time already talking to him in a sense, inter doing a pre-interview. Um, I can say that, uh, this is a very unique situation that he is dealing with what is in essence an ET race. Um, and he made certain personal choices working for the secret space program that uh, allowed him to get in a certain kind of position. Uh, 
how long he's going to remain in that position, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know. But I think they're using this or someone's bright idea is to use this as a kind of a a quasi disclosure event to begin to widen the playing field and get people to like the one of the people that I just talked answered questions where I was saying, you know, so that you don't go around saying um, everything you see is, a, you know, that isn't, you know, human, isn't loved by God and isn't, you know, it is a demon or something. Um, so that, you know, that you learn the, there <laughs> again, God's creative imagination and creating beings and allowing beings to, to live on various, you know, levels and, and, and dimensions, et cetera, et cetera, is endless. So that is endless. And these are just one of billions and billions of different kinds of beings. And they have a right to life like we do. And they are visiting us. And some of some have been living here for quite a while. Um, hidden. Okay. But, uh, you know, it, it's a great, it's a great um, kind of mind eye opening experience to invite this idea in. And uh, let's see, there's, there's, um, I don't think I can remember the name of it, but there is this, um, there's a series, I'm just going to use this as an example. There's a series out there and I forget, I don't know if it was called Sirens or if it was called something else because there's several movies about dolphins, right? And also, you know, um, mermaids. So it's, there's, it is said that these are real beings, mermaids, mer people, whatever. And, um, they so they made a really good series at a certain point and it was available on Hulu it's probably still there and it 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 showed you how these mer people started coming out of the sea and you know sort of infiltrating society because they could you know walk out of the sea and get rid of their tail and everything and look just human okay but they had certain abilities that came along with being these dolphin mer people so it might have been a quasi fantasy, but also, you know, sci-fi fantasy thing. But at the same time, it was showing you how the townspeople dealt with them. And when they discovered, you know, that they had special abilities and when they discovered that they actually came from the sea and so and so. So that those were and those are a race of beings. Um, they're they're like the beings from Mu. OK. And. Um, I actually reported on a, uh, a report that I got at one point uh, and it, they even got put on the, um, the front page of veterans today about these moo people that uh, the Navy deals with and that they don't like what has happened with the sonar and all this kind of harp and everything disturbing their, their undersea homeland. And that actually got wrapped into the series to some degree. But anyway, so they've gone to battle with them uh, and our Navy. And in some cases, they've washed up on the shore on the, you know, California and West Coast, northern West Coast. And in some cases, sailors have reported in, uh, stuff about them. So it's it's based in reality. And it is an, what we would call an ET race, although... And they may have come from the stars initially like we did, by the way, but they now have, you know, inhabit the sea and, and so on. So 
understanding your prejudice about, you know, how awful, I mean, I don't know, you know, if you understand prejudice against men or prejudice against women or prejudice against, you know, different races of different colors and skin colors. That is just like the tip of the iceberg and the kind of prejudice that this Christian religion is trying to push on humans to be excluding, you know, I don't know, 99% of the multiverse, uh, you know, in their, in their view of reality. So it's insane. And, you know, if you really met some of these beings, you would not refer to them as demons. That's just insane. You want to call them that, you know, you can call a rose a rose. It doesn't matter what you call it. It's still going to be what it is. And they are just capable of loving and of doing wonderful works and of, of having a relationship with the creator as you are. And to think otherwise is in my view insane. So uh, just getting back to, you asked me about this whistleblower. So the beings that he's talking about are not the Mer people, but uh, that's a good example of, of a, a race of so-called, we call, you know, might call them aliens living in our midst. Uh, we don't see them in our everyday life necessarily, but there's lots of ETs. I mean, I've met, people that I know are much more ET than human, uh, even in my travels and speaking tours and so on and so forth. So, you know, sometimes they come up, up to me at conferences and I know they're not from here. You know, I can see it. So, you know, and Bob Dean talked about that. I mean, you know, there's, they've even, they go to our high schools. They, you know, there's more and more of us out there. Uh, I would even classify myself to some degree in that category. So, you know, for whatever reason, um, you know, what can I say? So, yeah. Okay. Arthur Young, you're up next. Then we'll be Peggy Sheridan, then Texas TED Talk. So Arthur Young, you're up. Oh, thank you very much. Um, can you hear me clearly? Yes. Yes. Thank you. I... And uh, I'm probably uh, echoing everybody else, you know, by, by saying that, um, uh, by singing your praises, um, Kerry, been following you for some years. And uh, I'm, I'm actually speaking, I may be the only one speaking from uh, Singapore. This is where I'm sitting, uh, you know, in a field of Americans. Now, the, um, I have some connection uh, with the, you know, to the to the person who was asking about Kim Gogun, I have some connection to these quote unquote trading programs, uh, Kerry, and um, <clears throat> I'm in a position to share some of the information that, or some of my knowledge of uh, of the subject, um, and well, if you're, uh, you know, if you intuitively resonate with um, uh, what I'm with the subject and with what I um, what I claim, then um, with due respect to all the participants here, I need to take this up privately. Um, so, if you welcome it, um, you know we could schedule a private conversation on the subject. I mean, if you still have an interest. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I have quite a bit of information that was given to me about trading programs. And by the yeah, way, Pal yeah. Paladin is an expert 
on that, a forensic financial investigator. Uh, we right. did shows on that and talked about that back in the day. Um, now, I'm, yeah, I'm happy to take your testimony and, and put out whatever you like and whatever means you like. And uh, I would say you're, you're, you know, you're not kidding around. So, um, you know, you're no. welcome to contact me. Um, yeah, everyone can reach me uh, on Skype if you want to have uh, direct conversations with me. Um, okay. My Skype okay. name is Snow Jaguar, all one word, lowercase. Uh, and so, okay. you know, okay. try me there. The other thing is uh, eventually I could give you my WhatsApp number. You can also WhatsApp me um, and text me there. Uh, that Those are the best two ways I can think of offhand because I am in, inundated by email. Now you can also write to me on email um, and I, Hopefully we'll see it, but I can't guarantee I will see it because I get hundreds and simply you, don't you. have the physical ability to see everything. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you on Skype. Okay. And then when yeah. you see the name Arthur Young, um, yes. and my Skype ID has a has a triple seven behind it. You know, you okay. you'll you'll make it out. Yeah. All right, great. Yeah, text me over there and uh, we can set up a conversation. Uh, so just let me give my email address just for those that are curious about that. So it's Carrie, my spell, my name is spelled K-E-R-R-Y at Project Camelot, all one word, dot TV, like television. So um, Carrie at Project Camelot dot TV. And uh you know, if you write a compelling subject line, that's always a good way to catch my interest. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for the uh, opportunity. Uh, sure, it's thank great. You. It's great that you want to come forward. That's fabulous. Yeah, I've been in, I've, I've, uh, I was introduced uh, since 2003, so it's been quite a few years. Right, good. Okay, thank okay, you. Then. Peggy, share thank you, thank your... You. Uh, uh, yes, Carrie. Um, it's clear that we are at war. Um, but I was wondering, could you tell us like what events you think that we could anticipate like within the next three to six months? And then also what what percent of the United States population do you think is awake? So those are my questions. Okay. Uh yeah, those are good questions. Uh, so events that we can anticipate. Now, I am not an expert, but I do. I am a precog, okay? And I've had dreams of the future come true. But I don't assume that because I have a dream, it's going to happen, okay? Because I'm very aware of other timelines. Um, and we're all living in multiple, actually, timelines at, at the same time. So all kinds of things are going on. But I, you know, I try to sort of separate the wheat from the chaff in terms of my own stuff. And I have certain uh, intuitions, let's say, that lead me and so far um, have kept me safe, you know, and under some very bizarre circumstances, just being in this uh, sort of in the public eye at the same time as challenging the uh, the current rulers, let's say. So um, I would say that, again, you know, and I try to bring on my show people that do reveal possible events for the future. So we're already seeing that they want to take away the guns. So they're going to keep escalating that. And these are Manchurian candidates, what we call sleepers. 
they have been targeted at a young age for, um, you know, for many, many, many years. This was always planned. Uh, so never, never follow what is called the, uh, the lone gunman theory uh, that, that they tried to convince you killed Kennedy and uh, had, you know, all this nonsense. Um, just like Arabs with boss, box cover, co- cutters did not, did not do 9-11. Um, you know, so make sure that you have in, thoroughly investigated these, these what are called conspiracies. And conspiracies are, you know, actually the, you know, the breath of life as far as I'm concerned, because everything is a conspiracy. Everything from the, <laughs> from the minute you wake up until, the, you know, the time you go to sleep at night. There's nothing that you will experience here on earth that doesn't, if you did deep enough, have a conspiratorial uh, origination, if you will. So in a sense, life on earth is a conspiracy um, of someone's, you know, whether it's God's or whatever. So uh, as far as um, looking into future events, I, I do, I am concerned that we may not have the midterms, that they will try to derail them or that if we have them, uh, obviously they're going to be stolen. I mean, that is just blatantly, obviously. Now, whether we're going to get that far, whether something, some incident is going to happen. I think that we have a buildup right now of, uh, of, of various things they want to have, you know, they're doing the food shortages. You can read all about the food processing plants and those are increasingly in, in numbers. Then I did a whole show with Nino. We talked about the death of the cattle and the sheep that are happening. And I believe that the soil has been infested with this uh, certain kind of nano situation to, uh, to, to make it impossible for us to have a good health, you know, access to good, healthy meat or clean meat, whatever you want to call that. Um, And there are other things going on, you know, a lot of like soy is, is deceptively, you know, not good for you and um, various other things. So, you know, we are, it's, it's just incredible what they put us under. And when you come here and you're incarnated, you're dealing with, you're bringing on this stuff. You are saying, bring it on. I want to deal with it because I think I can, you know, I can transform myself and I can transcend. So that's your, that's your mission if you decide to accept it. And uh, so looking at the future, I think we're looking at uh, disruption around the time of the midterms, how it's going to manifest exactly. I'm not sure. I know that Wano Savin, I was just told uh, today that it might have been off the record, but I, I think it might have been on the record. So I, don't, I have to f- investigate this and maybe people have already heard it. But he's saying now that they're going to try to indict, indict Trump uh, under this uh, this mad committee uh, that, that is trying to, you know, do this this kind of witch hunt uh, that, that they've been doing with Trump since the beginning and uh, with the people that are actually in jail in in a gulag situation where they have no recourse to uh, American justice, which I guess has become a farce in and of itself. It's kind of like an oxymoron, like there is no American justice. Um, So, you know, we're between a rock and a hard place right now. We have to uh, survive. We need to have a survival mentality, um, something I've rebelled against for a long time, just FYI. Uh, 
more now. I'm actually, I've just sold my house because I got an intuition. I got to leave the area I'm in. Uh, you know, I adore this area. I love, I'm in, you know, I'm not in Malibu, but I'm not that far away from Malibu. And I love this general area of California. Um, I'm a Californian, for, you know, since I was born, I was, you know, I'm even third or fourth generation Californian. So, um, but I've been given some, you know, some nudging and I put it out to the universe because I really uh, can't, I know I have dreams of the future where we're going to have major earthquakes, major earth changes, various things. Those are in the timeline I've seen. I have seen the Chinese invade. I have seen, uh, I actually, I'm not going to go down my whole list. I, you know, some of these things may not occur. I hope they don't. I hope there are other timelines. That's the way I kind of live my life. Um, but I will say, even though I am given information, inside information by countless uh, insiders and various people, the only person I really truly listen to is myself and my um, my connection with creator. So if, if I get a download, I, that's what I follow. Um, and, you know, I've, kind of done that time and time again it works for me okay I have to listen to myself I can't uh even when somebody's saying you know just very emphatically so but I will bring people on the show that I I think people should entertain we're entering uh, an area space for example where we're going to have meteor showers nobody's talking about that yet uh but more and more we're going to see more and more of that I believe uh we are also going to see, I believe, land masses emerging out of the sea, literally. That is what I've seen. Um, Richard Allen Miller, he was on my show talking about this um, as part of, uh, of this event that he thinks is going to happen in end, end of March, beginning of April uh, 2024, which would mean we wouldn't have a presidential election or might not. I don't know if he's right or wrong. He thinks he's done the math and come up to a 99.9.999% uh, possibility of whatever he thinks he's seeing. Uh, but then again, he has also worked for the dark side secret space program for a good, you know, 40 years of his life. So whether or not they're directing him to go down that way, whether they're sort of seeding his dreams and his consciousness with this all of a sudden he's a wonderful man he's all he speaks the truth he's a he's like a um what you call a loose cannon half the time uh, he'll say whatever comes to his mind the first thing he comes so he's very uncontrollable they can't control him just part of the reason they kind of put him out of the reservation um but these are things that we see so i don't know when I know that the we're we've got a lot of challenges in front of us. I do believe we're going to have some victories. I believe that we're fighting the good fight. I believe that we are, um, you know, I've seen, you know, I've been at victory parties, let's say. I have, you know, so when I have those kind of dreams, they're not just fantasies. These are just things that actually I know the nature of the way I've seen the future and the past that came forward. Um I know the way they kind of manifest in and so on. So, and I'll be warned even on a weekly basis about things that I need to be aware of. I'll get warnings. I've always gotten warnings. So I'm very happy about that in my life. Um, 
I think people need to listen to their uh, warnings. You know, I, I think they need to. Um, I, again, I have this saying called flying blind. That's what I would consider that I'm doing right now. All I knew is that I just woke up one morning and decided I need to sell my house. I had been told by many people to leave California forever. And I never believed that. I'm still not really leaving California. Okay. I'm going to be as, as, you know, more or less in it. And I don't know what I'm doing. I actually have no idea. I just know that it's kind of time that things are are looking bad. Things are, are looking uh, sort of dicey that, you know, we're going to go through some darkness before we're going to get back to some light. Um, I know that Juan, you know, who is JFK Jr., I know that he tries never to lie to the people. And he was asked repeatedly by Nino if it was going to be a depression, you know, as bad as it used, you know, the original depression. He said, yes, I still question that. I, I don't just don't see how we can reach that from where we are right now, because where I am right now, it looks like a normal, pretty much normal life. But I do see the warning signs and they're growing and growing and growing. So that's kind of what I'm listening to. I am just opening up to allow to see a little bit more and see where we're headed. And, um, you know, I, I got the feeling that I needed to to be free of this particular uh, environment. So I could come back here. You know, I could come back in six months for all I know. I just don't know. Now, not everyone is, is single and as free as I am, you know, so I understand people can't just, you know, do that necessarily. But, you know, there are plenty of people listening to their inner inner thoughts. And um, I don't know what's just happening there, but I can't stay on much longer, but I try to answer a few more. Um, so I, those are some hints about some things I see in the future. Possibly. Awesome. Okay, quickly, Texas TED Talks. Yes. Hi, Carrie, and thank you, and congratulations on all of your accomplishments. I was going to ask you a different question until you started talking about Antarctica, and I cover a lot of people, and, you know, recently a lot of, uh, you know, pretty popular people have been talking about this flat earth. I'm not a flat earther, but they do have some compelling arguments, and they're showing these older maps and such. And I'm just wondering from your perspective, why are these people really starting to, I mean, it's really starting to come about a lot. And if the earth was flat, which I don't think it is, but if it, if it is, it would really dispel everything that, you know, I believe, perhaps you believe, because I've, I've been abducted myself, which means they have to come here, they have to leave. And if the earth was flat, they're saying that we've never left this planet and we never will. So I guess I'll wrap it up there and just get your perspective on why are why are they really trying to drive this home, Carrie? Uh, I think they they want to believe you're in a cage. And so they're trying to paint the bars as, you know, compellingly as possible. I did hear that the flat earth uh, sort of reemergence of that was a, a, a psyop. Uh, on on people. I understand, however, there's an interesting dynamic going on where we are uh, beginning to see through to the fourth dimension and we are, we are actually in the much more the fourth dimension than the third now. And so the fourth dimension is known to be endlessly horizontal if, if you're concept, you know, conceptualizing it. 
And I believe that is what is actually influencing a lot of people's thinking. I believe these are what you call materialists. So they don't see uh, multiple dimensions. They don't see uh, interdimensions. They don't, you know, I have in my mind's eye a concept of, you know, the, uh, you know, the nature of the spiral, the nature, you know, the basic nature of, of the, t- the universe and the shapes and so, so on. And I believe that, uh, that this is, is a psyop, but I also understand they have compelling arguments, but their arguments are also based on, to some degree, false science, and to, and most science is false that we believe, okay? So most of the science that we here on Earth have been following for all these years, and if COVID isn't the example of that, I don't know what is, because what people think is makes them sick, they actually think other humans make them sick, and that's not the, the case, okay? So, you know, it's kind of like making something into an enemy or making it into a prison. These are the dark side efforts. And, uh, and, and the last thing they want you to do is understand that you can actually escape from this so-called cage. And, uh, and, and so what I think it's kind of like a mixture of these things, the mixture of understanding that we are going into more into the fourth dimension and 4d having this certain kind of influence, uh, you know, in the way you look, you perceive reality, but in reality, you would never have space travel if you didn't go interdimensional that much. I can more or less agree with them. We do have a shield around the earth. You do go to a certain level and you're stopped. Uh, you are also stopped by things like the Van Allen belt, etc. You don't go in a straight line anywhere. You know, it's not like that. Um, For some reason, I have an innate understanding of dimensions. A lot of people I'm, you know, I have seen a lot of people don't seem to get that. I don't know why. Um, I've seen interdimensional beings. Uh, You know, I've, I've talked a bit about that on occasion. I I saw a shikar, you know, a a Draco shikar. I was, and this is back in the days when I didn't, I wasn't in Camelot and didn't believe in them. (laughs) So, so much for believing in something and it doesn't exist, right? It flew right by me as I started to go in a med- meditation. It was in an interdimension. I don't know why I saw into that dimension. I suddenly was there. It, it was had a, was a consciousness. It wanted me to see it. I tapped into that. And for some reason, I didn't forget it. Maybe it didn't try to wipe my mind. And I remembered every moment of it. Of it and from then on, I knew that reptilians were real when as before I actually thought they were kind of made up. I always knew ETs were real. I just always thought reptilians were so over the top that I couldn't believe they actually look like that. That's when I was quite young, uh, but that's how I thought. So, you know, uh, I know dimensions exist and I also know that I have the ability to go into other dimensions. Okay. I know that I've gone to Cathedral Vortex in Sedona and I've actually felt it pulling on me and I could have gone through it. Um, you know, I, I know that you can do this in various places in the earth. So, you you know, other dimensions in our earth, other societies, there's a great set of books called, um, uh, let's see, it's called... Uh, 
oh god what do they call it um um it, it's a it, at it's the peter moon books uh and with radu cinemar and it's um I'm sorry, the name is escaping me, right? I've talked about it before. I've read all the you know, the books that they had all out. Uh, they talk a lot about the different dimensions and uh, and why they even have a whole number of chapters devoted to why people suddenly think we're in a flat earth and they explain it with mathematics and things. Um, you know, this is... Uh, this is just the nature of, of life that we're ex- experiencing right now. I... I I think that they get benefit out of that as well. I think it's an interesting construction, you know, and there is some question about maybe partitions acts, you know, in the ocean and partitions in Antarctica, places where humans have not been allowed to go. And I believe that can still exist on a, on a, you know, relatively round earth. And, and okay. I also believe, you know, in, in going into, uh, you know, um, what's it called? Um, Shambhala. And that's, you go into earth, inner earth over by Tibet. So there's lots of hidden societies and hidden um, human societies in inner earth, etc. Thank you. Do you have time for one more? Oh yeah, I remember the name of that book. Uh, it's it's Transylvanian Sunrise and Transylvanian Moonrise are the first in the set of books, and there's um, I think there might be seven or so. Highly recommended. Yeah, one more question, and then I really I have to go. Okay, I apologize to the eighteen people that we're not going to get to. But oh, I'm yeah, so sorry. Um, that's fine. That's a lot. Deb, you're up. Deb, you need to press your blue button. No. Yeah, it's very low. That's a little better. Okay. Well, I um, listened to William Tompkins' interview, and um, I found it fascinating. And then I um, I saw some videos about these little tin spaceships that the director made trying to fool us all about space landing. So when I saw those first, I thought that we were all due. Then I saw that William Tompkins Okay, I, I don't know if I heard a question in there, and some of it uh, kind of broke up. So I understand you're you're talking about William Tompkins' interview, and you're talking about landing on the moon. And what 
what the astronauts saw there. And yes, they saw reptilians and it's 100% correct. What is the question? Yeah, and it, you know what's funny is in um, when I worked at J JPL, they had the space capsule there, <laughs> and it's it is literally like a little tin can, <laughs> and you're just thinking how insane. <laughs> um, yeah, we went there, but but as one of my uh, witnesses says, we had help, and that's what w William Tompkins also said, and so we were told that at the very beginning of Project Camelot. And then all those years later, William Tompkins uh, came forward and said the same thing. So all I can tell you is, you know, that um, what's his name did a great job with, uh, you know, mimicking the moon and all of that as he was hired to do. And, um, and so in a sense, when you say, well, we didn't go to the moon, we, you know, they, um, they pretended and they filmed all this stuff. Well, actually it's both. We did go, we had help, but that's not the part that humans, you know, the general public got access to. And that was all purposeful. And that's not the only time they've done that. Okay. They like to actually, and I started studying this in, you know, a norm, number of other incidents that were coming down. And I realized that they actually will make, two or more versions of reality on purpose because they want to control the, you know, the, let's say the, the limits of your universe, whenever they can do that, they, they feel they control you. Um, so they want to own the story from all angles. They'll give you the, you know, they'll give you the low, low, five version, they'll give you the high five version, and they might give you a, a middle version. And then, you know, it's all up to you, which you want to follow. But the bottom line is, it's usually a mixture of all of it. And um, you have to need, you know, use your own sort of heart and mind uh, in, in connection to uh, determining the truth and what resonates. And I really mean resonates, you have to really tap into that ability to be able to tell what resonates with you and what doesn't. And that could save your life, especially going forward. Be very aware of that. Well, Carrie, I, I know you gave us more time than you have uh, a couple times. You've been on the show and I really appreciate it. I know you're busy with moving. Um, I'm very honored to have you on and Conservative Patriot Nation Network is definitely a home that is going to constantly bring carry on whenever it's possible to do so. I would definitely love to have you back. And what's funny is when we brought up about lands that are on the under that will possibly come up, I've sent you this article while I was just vacationing in Reno. This article popped up when I got back to my room. A 3,400-year-old city in Iraq emerges from underwater after extreme drought. Um, awesome. I found that fascinating when you brought that up. And I, I messaged you that to where you can check that out. Thank you. 
like I said, I appreciate the time you came on. If you can let the audience know how they can follow you, watch your videos, and possibly come to your conventions and tours, um, would be highly appreciated. And thank you again, Carrie. Okay, thanks, everyone. Uh, yes, go to projectcamlot.tv, projectcamlot.org, or projectcamlotportal.com. They all go to the same place. That's my website. It contains just about everything. So if I'm going to go to, like I am going to uh, take a, a, a tour, I, I have taken many tours to Egypt at this point. Uh, they're fascinating and excellent. And we've got all the reviews of our travelers that are just absolutely rave reviews, which is, you know, really fabulous. We go in style and we uh, we have very special access. So um, so that I highly recommend. And that'll be in uh, looks like uh, end of March, beginning of April in 2023. So this coming, you know, the, the new this year coming. And uh, we haven't been able to go there because I refuse to go and wear a mask and all that nonsense. So, you know, you don't have to wear masks or anything, at least at the moment. And if they change that and, and everything goes back into lockdown, we will not go because I will not take people to these incredible sites and have them muffle themselves and, and, and you know, and lose brain cells while they're there. So anyway, um, what else? Uh, I have... You know, I, I've got there's so much on our on my website that you <laughs> could keep you busy for years and years, I have to tell you. So, you know, pick and choose, see what resonates. Uh, I am constantly every week I do, you know, two or three. I usually do two or three videos. Sometimes people interview me and sometimes I interview other people. And so that's been steady, a pretty much steady two or three videos a week, more or less. Sometimes less if I if I'm busy with something like I am this week with moving. But even during this time, I had scheduled um, this show and another show with Nino and a show with Sean. So we've already got three this week. And I I just don't have I, I'm so busy. It's crazy. Um, and so what else? Uh, yeah. My Telegram channel. If you want to know what I'm thinking any given day or night. I at three in the morning, I'm always posting there almost every single night because I have a very weird sleep pattern. And um, that's just what happens. I wake up and I start looking at the news and I start sharing it. And um, I, I am on Truth Social. And I can say that one night I was I was tweeting about Trump and Trump was tweeting about Trump. So <laughs> that was really funny. And of course, I know that he has a guy that does some of his tweets, but whatever. It was kind of a synchronicity. And um, what else can I tell you? I'm on um, LinkedIn. I'm on. Now, what happened was they deleted a lot of my accounts. So they deleted me off YouTube many times. Uh, I have some residual YouTube things hanging about, but uh, not much over there. I can't get back on in some cases. I can't even get back into my original account. Um, I was deleted off LinkedIn for a couple of years. I was deleted off Twitter for a couple of years. And then I finally created a new account. So for the last, um, I don't know, six months or nine months, I've been back on Twitter under a different name. You know, I use my name, but it's KL Cass. Sometimes I'm, I'm Carrie Cassidy and my middle initial is L for Lynn. So it's Carrie Lynn Cassidy, or I use KL Cassidy, and then they think I'm a different person. Um, you know, so I've had to do 
subterfuge like that to get back onto those networks because, you know, I try to communicate with people. That's my job. Uh, so where else am I? Um, I think I named most of the social media I am on. Telegram is the most active. Uh, I try to be active on True Social too, but it's it's not as fluid as, and you don't have a lot of, you know, options. They, they're kind of locked down in terms of, they're more like Twitter, like only limiting your, your number, your, you know, sentences you can say. And, and they it's really hard to forward stuff over there. I wish they'd loosen it up. Uh, and allow more freedom, but uh, it is the way it is. Um, Harry, how do we find you on Truth Social? Just I, it, it's my name, as far as I know. I think I'm Carrie Cassidy over there. I can't. Um, yeah, I can't. I don't have it right in front of me, but that's what. And most of my everything that I'm on, I'm is linked on my website, so you can go to my website to look for those you know, those kind of like icons that tell you how to get to my, I have two Facebook pages. One is called Project Camelot and one is Carrie Cassidy, Carrie Lynn Cassidy, I guess. Or even more than that. And um, actually I have, I have one, old ones. Um, so anyway, I think I said everything. I don't want to forget anything, but I, you know, it's hard to remember everything. So I think that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm, I, on Twitter, I, am posting on Twitter pretty much daily. I, you know, I retweet stuff that I come across that I like and that I think is important to know or fun. Uh, and yeah, I'm very active, extremely active. So Carrie Cassidy's handle on true social, if you use the apps, the at symbol and you type in Carrie Cassidy Camelot. She'll pop up for you guys. And I'll post that on the wall for everyone as well. Okay. Thanks a lot, everyone. It's great to, you know, to talk to people and hear their stories, a bit of their stories. And, you know, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, you know, we can do it again. Happy to, you know, come back. Thank you so much. Most Kate. definitely. Thank you, Carrie. I'll stay in touch and uh, we'll schedule another show. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.